For many top sailors, Quantum Key West Race Week is the beginning of their competitive season. It's the big highlight of racing in the US in January and the rest of the world is looking on as well because the rest of the world is so jealous of those incredible looking conditions. My name's Andy Rice. I wasn't lucky enough to be there, but I'm lucky enough to be speaking to Lara Dalman-Weiss, who was racing there. Uh, so welcome, Lara, and um, you're going to tell us a little bit Thank about you. it. Just uh, th this is your how many times have you been there? This is my fourth year sailing Key West Race Week. Fourth, and um, you've done it four consecutive years. So that that's there's a little message there. Um, you're obviously having a lot of fun there. Just uh, tell us what was this year like? Um, I heard it was particularly good. This year the conditions were perfect. We raced. There was racing every single day. I only sailed the last three days, but um, beautiful water. Temperature was absolutely perfect. I don't think there's anywhere else in the U.S. you'd want to be um, this time of year. And uh, just all your friends are there, so it's a great time. Now, you got on board one of the CNC-30s. You did extremely well. Uh, you were second on Flying Jenny, is that correct? Correct. But... The boat that beat you, I understand they are the form boat, so it wasn't entirely a surprise. And it's your first interview coming up in a moment. It's Extreme 2, and you spoke to Dan Cherish. Let's hear what he had to say. I'm sitting here with Dan Cherish, and congratulations on your Key West win this year. Um, my first question is, how did you start sailing, and what did you start sailing? I've been sailing since I was a kid. Uh, my dad, I think his first boat was a... A Red Wing 30, something way back. Grew up in Detroit, just okay. racing around with him, cool. and uh, grew up loving it. How long did you race with your dad? Well, I, uh, I raced with him probably for from the ages of about 6 until 19. Cool. Now, um, I'm going to jump right into the CNC 30 class. You guys have sailed the boat for quite a while now. Um, what do you think is the most important thing that you guys have done as a team um, that has contributed to your success? Well, I think we planned out our strategy early on. You know, we talked about in the initial stages how important boat speed was. And that means making sure the, uh, the sails are correctly designed, make sure that the rig is set up correctly, and make sure that we're trimming correctly. The next phase we really talked about as a team is building the chemistry on and off the boat. And thirdly, just making sure that we worked on executing every single maneuver. And it's been that process. You know, we believe that speed wins races. Obviously, we've got a great tactician and uh, Mark Mendelblatt. But if we can't get him around the race course, it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, so we, again, we worked on speed, and then we worked on chemistry and uh, really the crew dynamics. How long do you think that took to actually feel like you were good at your crew work you're never really good at your crew work and you know you're never great we proved that yesterday by getting caught up on a lobster pot so you know it's a continuing process you get better and better all the time and the rest of the boats in the class are getting better and better all the time so every time the level gets stepped up the people getting time in the boat and understanding how to make the boat go fast and understanding what makes the boat go slow we have to continue to elevate our game Cool. Um, something I'm always interested in is personality types on the boat. Is that something that you thought about when you put this team together, or what do you think is important to have? I think that's absolutely huge. 
you know, uh, the chemistry on the team is so important. Not when times are great, because that's when everybody gets along. It's more challenging when Petey Crawford is in the background when you're doing an interview. <laughs> Thanks, Petey. <laughs> no. Thanks, Petey. No. All kidding aside, I mean, we've got a great chemistry. It just showed right there. Exactly. And we enjoy each other on and off the boat. We understand each other on and off the boat. There are never really times that fingers are pointing and people are at each other. You trust each we other. We trust each yeah. other to do their job. Uh, Mark trusts us to go fast and to execute maneuvers, and we trust him in terms of where to position the boat, both before and after the start. So chemistry is huge, and we've sailed with some teams that bump, where people bumped heads, and yeah. it, it, the, the results showed in the scorecard. Cool. Um, not that Mark ever screws up, but if you're in a situation when a tactician screws up, what do you think is the most important way to redirect focus or make sure that the team is still still knows who's in charge? It's composure, okay. and it's chemistry, and it's just a refusal to give up and fight back one boat length at a time, one boat at a time. You know, you can't go for the big home run. You have to take it one step, one boat length at a time, one boat at a time. And you have to protect each and every point you can possibly get. Because a regatta is a long, a long series of events, a long series of races, and it's really important to capture every single point you can. Yeah. Um, how has the team focus shifted since you got the boat and you started and you're fairly new to now? What are some of the team goals that, I guess, Farley talks about or you talk about? Or? Well, we just continue to talk about getting better and okay. making sure that the things that we do incorrectly, we can do better. And the things that we do pretty good, we can make those even better. So we still debrief after every, after every day. We look at our numbers. We look at our performance. We sometimes look at some video. And we take a look at the areas that we can, uh, again, improve on. Because mm -hmm. it's never perfect. Yeah. What do you think the three biggest qualities of being a driver are? Oh. <laughs> That's tough. That's a tough question. As far as team leader or always staying focused on yourself? or No, I think, I think you know, understanding as a helmsman what your job is, right? And we all happen to be owner-drivers in this class. Yep. And... I feel very responsible for making sure that the boat is properly prepared so that the amateurs that take time off work and the professionals that earn a living in the sport uh, have a platform with which they can succeed. If I do that, then we've got an opportunity to win, and it's enjoyable. But my job, once we, once we leave that dock, is delegated to sailing and steering as fast as I possibly can and doing my job on the boat and relying and trusting the people in different roles to do theirs and I do completely whether it's with yeah. the trimmers or the, the guys doing the maneuvers or with Mendel's in the back complete trust yeah um next question what is something people don't know about you oh there's probably a lot of things you know <laughs> you you put on your your face and you come out and you compete um, my crew has to force me to go to the awards. Yeah. And I really don't like, I, it's not that I don't like that camaraderie, but that's not my thing. You so enjoy the sailing part I of the sport. I truly enjoy building a team and the sailing and the competing. Um, and you know what? I'm happy when we win, and I'm congratulatory to the folks that, uh, that beat us when they do. Yeah. And so it's a good thing. Cool. Um, 
what is what is the team's plan for next year or going forward? Well, we're going to continue 2017, and uh, we're going to follow the circuit. Um, our goal is to try to defend our North American Championship, Black Island. Awesome. Um, we're looking forward to getting back out to the, the Big Boat Series in San Francisco, which was an unbelievable venue. I wasn't there. I heard it was it, awesome. It was truly unbelievable. And, you know, you don't appreciate it actually as much until you actually see the photos. Sure. Because you're paying attention to the boat, but yeah, when you see the, the environment you were sailing around, it's spectacular. And uh, continue to help try to build the class. You know, yeah. this is a great boat, and they're great owners, and the teams, every one of the teams gets along. And this is an amazing boat bang for the buck, this boat. And I'm hoping we get more and more owners. Yeah, sure. Online. And I think we will when, once we get out to the East Coast. And having said that about uh, Big Boat, where is your favorite venue to sail? It's a tough one to say after this week here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Key West has been pretty good this year. Uh, you couldn't ask for better weather. Uh, I will tell you, sailing in Newport, fantastic. Uh, I, I live, grew up in the Great Lakes. Love it up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, San Francisco Bay was tremendous. So I think every venue's got its own challenges. Sure. And I enjoy them all. Can't answer that question. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I know I've seen a Facebook page, but where can people follow the team? Uh, we do have a Facebook page, and okay. that's the best way to go. Okay, um, cool. Extreme 2 Sailing Team on okay. Facebook. Cool. So, Lara, you can clearly hear the focus in Dan's voice, but uh, he has got a great combination of having fun and doing well, which we've spoken about before on a previous podcast. Um, so what was your impression of speaking to Dan? Did it give you an insight into what you need to do if you're going to go out and beat him at Key, Key West <laughs> next sure. year? Yeah, you know, what I really admire about Dan is his, like Sandy, um, his ability to put together an awesome team um, and his leadership through that. You know, people lead teams in different ways, um, and he really emphasizes keeping the same crew together and putting in the hours and then actually making sure your crew enjoys their time together. So more than just, you know, your time on the water is the, the team bonding. And that's something I've always admired about their team. Um, I've been racing against them for about a year and a half, two years now. So, um, so yeah. it's easy to talk about um, what's working. I, I don't know. You obviously wouldn't want to name names, but can you give me an example of where it doesn't work on, on boats that you've sailed on before? And just sort of pick out one example, if anything comes to mind, of, of what other programs that you've sailed on could learn from a, a smoothly run campaign like Dan Cherish's on Extreme 2. Sure. Um, well, I think something to, to realize is that when you're sailing on a boat where there's only two or three pros, you know, people mention that everyone's taking time away from their family. Um, so Dan, and I think Sandy also mentioned this, that they're one of their big emphasis is having everything ready to go on the boat. Um, and that's from rigging. That's from making sure housing's all set up. You don't, people don't like to come into a program and say, I'm not sure where I'm staying. I'm not sure this and that all those little details are ironed out. And Dan focuses on that. And I think that's why everyone feels like they are more than happy to come in and put hundred percent into the team because they, you know, they feel happy. They feel like it's family. Yeah, that's cool. Now, uh, somebody else that you managed to speak to while you were there is Brad Faber. Now, he, he's 65. By his own admission, he's no spring chicken. 
Um, <laughs> and, he, and he's sailing with his son and some guys that are, are quite a bit younger than him. And um, and yet, even at his age, he's still getting better. You know, he's come into the J88, uh, a boat called Utah, and uh, he seems to be uh, really enjoying the process and getting better and better in the class. What was your impression of speaking to Brad? Yeah, um, Brad, I think anyone that knows him will get this cool vibe from him. He's just, he's got longer hair and he, he came into the interview very relaxed and just happy about the place he's in right now. And he said he's, I mean, he's, he's got this steep learning curve. He came in with very few expectations and it is now got all these goals ahead of him. Um, so yeah, not only did he race with his son, but he also had the youngest racer at Key West on his boat. Um, and it seems like a, a really great group to be a part of. Well, he's been sailing a long time, but it seems like he's really got this racing bug. Let, let's just uh, get a little um, bit of word from Brad himself and, and hear what his story is. I've been sailing uh, all my life since I've been 20. But I've, I, I, I sailed around the world in uh, 2000 and 2008, and I was back in 2012, and I needed, I needed more stimuli. So I, gotcha. How did that come about? Well, I just started. I I was I was dying on the line without sailing after being off the boat, and then uh, my ocean boat is is on the hard, so I didn't I didn't have it in, so I needed a racing boat. Okay. So that's, so you that's came up with the 111. And I came up with the 111 because it's a class boat. I looked at the J122s. Uh, but there's really no class for the 122. So the so the people that I talked to uh, were quantum people actually, and that was Wally Cross and whatnot. And he he just, and he said if you really want to race, go <clears throat> go one design. Okay. And he said the 111 is a really sporty boat. And so I I got a 111. I want to quickly go back to you. You sailed around the world. Yeah. Was that by yourself? No, no. At, at different times, I uh, had <clears throat> someone was single-handed, but most of the time I had someone with me. Okay. And then the large cross, crossings, we we usually had a total of three people, you know, for the large crossings. Okay. Did you learn a lot about yourself while you did that? You do. You learn a lot <laughs> to how to be lonely. This the solo sailing. You know, I did long-distance solo sailing, you know, up to uh, twelve hundred miles, but. It's a lonely business, and I really didn't care for that too much, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So now you're back racing. Do you I'm like back racing? <laughs> right. Um, where does the name Utah come from? <laughs> it's just a. It's just a. Uh, when we got the boat, we just sat and talked, and it was just a nice, quick, clean name that we know would uh, get a lot of attention if we did did good, and we're, we're starting to do better and better, nice. which then we we. It's just easier to do that. I mean, yeah. it's just it's clean. It's a clean name, and everyone remembers it. And and all my crew are just so so open, you know. So everybody's talks to them about it. We're easy, and we're not we're not hard guys to deal with, you know. Or sure. we're all learning. And but but it, fortunately, we're lucky that that uh, we're doing good, you know. So we're coming up through the ranks, and uh, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun, you know. So how did you? How was the process of putting your team together? Uh, my son, my son was over in Holland working, 
and he was sailing on some other crews where he met these guys that I have as a crew. Now, we've, we've had the same crew f- since 2013, and the first year uh, we, we, we took our beating, you know, at events, usually last place. And, but uh, the, was, that, was it all in Michigan, or were you traveling? That was all in Michigan. Well, we, yeah, that was, in 13. it was all in Michigan. And then, uh, and, and he knew other people who sailed, so... So these are young guys. My all my my teams all in their thirties. Most of them are engineers, nice. if not all of them. So cool. and uh, so they're really smart guys, and that's what you want: smart young guys. Yeah. And then try to put a good uh, group together by being kind and being nice and being supportive. And uh, so we took our lumps, and then we and then we came down to Key West in fourteen January. And they really enjoyed that. We lost every race down here. So we did that. Then it, then it started changing, though. So that was really good. So then, And a lot of them were sailing on other boats, um, which by the, uh, by the season of 14 in the summer, they pretty well dropped off all their boats and just raced my boat the whole time. And then, then now we're together all the time. Cool. And that's why the boat's really running, running efficiently right now. You put in a lot of hours together as a team. Lots, lots of hours. Cool. And we go out and practice in high winds, and, which you have to do if you want to really be competitive. Sure. You know? And we've had good support from, uh, you know, Wally Cross. You know, he he set up our program, um, and he did a really good job for us. Nice. And that was, that's exciting. And then we have, you know, we, and then we sail with Kerry Klingler. You know, and now we're sailing with um, Dave. Dave yeah. Gerber. You know. Which are all really good people. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's, it's pretty. It's, it's really, it's really supportive. They're really yeah. supportive, and it's fun when you sail good. What would you say to people who are new, coming in, starting with a race program? What have you learned coming, coming up and improving? Well, just be patient and put in lots of hours. If you if, if you put in the time and have good equipment, you should figure it out and get a yeah. get a get a get a get a professional yeah. to help you yeah and that's what we did that's why we really when we really changed around is when we got a pro on board okay. to really set a program other than that we're just kind of following you know but you get someone they're all my people listen because they're good followers you know and, yeah, sure. uh, and then so we set up a nice program and then with disciplines and then the boat gets faster you know now, do you do you drive all of the time? Does your son drive? How does how does the my son drives some of the time? I drive most of the time. Okay. But some of the times I'm not there, so you know he drives. Okay. Yeah, and he does a great great job. Nice. Good. How is it driving with your son or sailing with your son? Good, good. It's really good. He spent he spent a couple years overseas with me, you know, so that was cool. Yeah, it's a good time. So you sail together on different oh, yeah. platforms. That's yeah, so yeah. cool. So he's a and he's a really good sailor. It's a lot, so much better than me, you know. Do you guys do more laughing or more yelling? Well, you know, <laughs> it's both. It's, it's yeah. the father and the son, you know. And the nature he, of sailing. I think he, I think he, because it's it's so we're so sporty. He thinks I'm, I think a lot younger. Yeah, sure. You know, because I'm really a positive. That's not a bad thing. Yes, but, but 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 I'm not. I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm not old. I'm, you know, I'm 65, but um, I'm not 35. 
Yeah. You know, that's there's quite a difference. Yeah. You know, they have more strength and they have more they have more stamina. You know, and it, they, 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 without even thinking, they think that I should be at their level all the time, which is really uh, more difficult. You know, yeah. because I just it's just a fact. You know, I just I don't have the strength that I did. Uh, in 2008 when I went on the open ocean, you know. Right. If I had to do it now, which I'm glad I'm not doing open ocean now. Okay. Because uh, you just don't have the strength that you have, you know, you know 10 years ago. So, Lara, uh, Brad admitting that he just doesn't have the strength that he used to have a few years back, but still, he's still clearly loving what he's doing out there on his boat. Sure. Um, well, you know, something I always keep in mind, especially as I'm getting older, I mean, 27, but getting older, um, as your strength declines, your knowledge increases. So he's got that going. He sure does. And that's a fantastic point. And, and maybe that's why people can continue to be so competitive in the sport. Um, maybe you're, you're not racing lasers, um, at the age of 65 but having said that the laser master circuit is still thriving so that you can still do that um but there yes. are other things you can go and do and and as as you've very eloquently put it there um you, you may be where one thing is on the decline your physical strength your your mental capacity maybe is always on the increase in sailing it's a fantastic sport in that respect i agree um, so, yeah, with the, the wisdom of your 27 years, um, just looking back on your four Quantum Key West race weeks, um, the, what has been the, the high point for you? Maybe it was a, a particular moment when you were uh, racing on board the CNC 30. Um, I'd say just not nothing in particular, but the, the wonderful people I'm surrounded with. I always come back with good stories and lots of laughter well Lara thank you very much for sharing your time and for some great interviews that you managed to get with some really interesting sailors there and I hope to do it again with you next year thanks Andy